Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Roshan Johnson at running back for the Bears with 44 seconds left. It's a play action. Mooney is all alone. Got some room. And Mooney with a nice cutback to keep up the first down and still going. Darnell Mooney finally cut from behind. Saunders on the tackle, but a 39-yard catch and run for Darnell Mooney. I mean, this is awesome in the open field. It looks like he's just going to go out of bounds. They go with the keeper, fake to the right, come back to the left, and slip Mooney from the backside. And right here, it looks like he's going out and then just stutters. And then comes back inside and catches everybody off guard and shows that speed uh, to get the big gain. A huge explosive gain for the Chicago Bears after the interception, too. How big is that for a young quarterback? We're back, live with more Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. And definitely a great game from Darnell Mooney. His largest output of the season. Five receptions, 82 yards. Actually, let me see when was the last time he even had 82 yards. Okay. Last season, right around the same time, October 2nd, he had five catches, excuse me, four catches, 94 yards. He had a big 56-yard catch on that one. But that's it. So second second largest output in two years. And then 2021, oh, damn. Damn. 2021, we forgot about this, Darnell Mooney. 12 catches, 126 yards. Last week of the season against Minnesota. A couple weeks before that against Detroit and Baltimore. Five catches for 123. Five catches for 121. <gasps> Targeted 16 times? I got to go back and look at this. Who was the... Was, I think it was Andy... Last week against Minnesota, I think it was Andy Dalton playing quarterback. So, I'll, I'll get to that last one. But this game against Baltimore, where he was targeted 16 times, it was a combination of Andy Dalton and Justin Fields. I was at that game. You were? I was. Against the Ravens? Me and my brother, yeah. That's what's up. Where'd you guys sit? Oh, that was the game that Tyler Huntley came in. Yes. And crushed the Bears' soul. That, oh my god! Uh, I the the that long game. touchdown to uh, Marquise yeah. Goodwin. We, I lost my voice at the, after that play. Damn, Marquise Goodwin, the forty-nine yard bomb. Darnell Mooney, sixteen targets. That's because nobody else was there. It was Darnell Mooney, Marquise Goodwin, Jimmy Graham, Cole Komet, David Montgomery, Jakeem Grant, and Demir Bird. Those were the oh, people wow. that caught passes that day. Oh wow! I remember that receiving core. Oh my god, that was horrible. You want to know the game, though, that Darnell Mooney really caught my eye was Justin Fields' first start at Soldier Field against Detroit. When he had that 50-yard pass, I'm like, 
this combo feels yeah. like they are going to be special. That was a that was a big game. He had five catches for one twenty five that day. Uh, Pat Nagy redeemed himself after that day. Yeah, one of the rare times. But you want to know why that. they you want to know why they they won that game? Because David Montgomery had twenty three rushes for one hundred and six yards, <laughs> two tutties. You relied on the run. Justin Fields was eleven for seventeen for two hundred yards. It's like that is the recipe, and that, it's okay to say that. Like, like you don't have to be like, well, damn it, I have to have a top ten quarterback in the league in order to like. In order if you, to win Super Bowls, yes, you have to. But to be the best version of who you are in the present, it's okay to say, I have a quarterback that's in the middle of the pack. But you know what? You think my offensive line sucks? Well, Deontay Foreman's going to prove that, prove otherwise. I was going to say, Gabe, do, it's clear the Bears have their identity. Why do you think Luke Getzey seems to skim over it almost every game? It's a great question, Tyler. And I think that the, the simple answer, and again, I say this because I do not know Luke Getzey. I never talked to the man. I wish I could. I can. I can read people in minutes, but. I genuinely think he thinks that, and it's and I and I and I have no problem with this. I'm going to be very clear. He thinks he knows more than you know most. Like he's very confident in that podium, knowing damn well people are trashing him, and being like, "Yeah, you know, I ran this play because this is the reason why. I did this because of this, and in that situation, this is what you do." Like, it's very matter of fact. So to your question, which is why do I feel like he, it's because I think that he genuinely feels like he knows what's best. And so instead of not giving the people what they want, but instead of, yeah, giving the people what they want, he's like, nah, trust me. Like I said it again, Darrington Evans on third and six to get a screen pass again. When that should be going to DJ Moore, or anyone for that matter, else other than Darrington Evans on a crucial play like that, or Valus Jones to be having a play drawn up for him in the fourth quarter, it's just like, but again, he's like, nah, trust me. Valus Jones, I've seen him do it in practice. He, he can do this. Darrington Evans, this is going to be a great play. You want to know why? Because they're going to be double teaming DJ Moore. And I know that if I draw this up for him, this is going to be, again, never talk to Luke Getze. But I can tell you what I think the man is thinking. And that's why I think the offense runs like that. Because if it were me, it would just be a. And you know what? Maybe, and this is what goes back to what I was talking about earlier. Right? Fabian called up and said it. You got to love the jersey. Right? I know what it was like to win games in ugly fashion. I was there. I was watching them. I was rooting for the team. So. So I know what it's like to play good defense, run the ball, and win a one-score game because you did everything right and you made the, the least amount of mistakes. That's okay. If that's what bear football is, then that's what bear football is. Luke Getze should also look back at the last two years with Deontay Foreman filling in for other guys and just going absolutely crazy. He's a monster. Uh, but we, we, we continue. Bears lose to the Saints. 24-17. It's Gabe Ramirez here on 670 to score. Taking your phone calls, 312-644-6767. Let's go to Tracy on the south side. Tracy, 
What'd you think about this Bears game? Uh, I'm so upset with the office coordinator. He he's trying to prove how smart he is, and the thing is, he's he's proven that he's not as smart as he thinks. What he should do is go with what's working. If the run is working, go with the run. If the pass is working, go with the pass. If they can't stop it, why change it? Yeah, it's tough. What do you think about? What do you think about? Let me ask you this question because the run game has seemed to have been working as of late. You've seen Dante Foreman. He had 20 rushes, Tracy, 20 on Sunday. When Khalil Herbert comes off the injury reserve, what do you think Luke Getty's going to do with that running back room? I think I think it's going to be Foreman and Herbert. So what I happens think, to I, I, so what I, happens I, to what happens to Roshan Johnson then, Tracy? Well, I think that Roshan is going to be third or be third because uh, I think that that's going to be a good one-two punch. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Thanks for the call, Tracy. I knew I wanted to get – I wanted to, you know, test Tracy a little bit because I knew that was a good question. I mean, I think when you think about it, the running back room is going to be full. Deontay Foreman has proven he belongs. And even when Lou Getty didn't want to lean on him, he was still there with the opportunity to prove it, and he has. And so it's going to be a, an interesting discussion. I know you said you wanted to build the Bears around your five specific players, Gabe, but if you are GM Ryan Poles this upcoming offseason, are you re-signing Deontay Foreman to, let's say, a two-year cheaper contract? No. Just because of how people are valuing the running back position, not me, I value it, but everyone else. And if he feels as... Because... The fact of the matter is, Roshan Johnson should be Deontay Foreman next season. To be very clear, you you draft a, a Roshan Johnson, you have faith in him, and then ultimately you want him to be the bruising, you know, initiator in your backfield. You allow Khalil Herbert or anyone else that you're able to bring in to be that scat back, to be the explosive back that can get you something like the Austin Eckler type, right? Depending on what you want your offense to look like, Lugetti's still going to be a part of that. So. Again, I think you know that that that's going to be. But I, I, I think Deontay Foreman is is purely just auditioning for his next team. It's not even a one year deal. Nah. Again, the, the running. The, the, remember, Deontay Foreman didn't start the, the beginning of the season. Why? Because they drafted Roshan Johnson and they felt confident in giving Roshan Johnson that Deontay Foreman role. What I felt they should have done. This is you know my opinion, right? I thought Dante Foreman should have been the starting running back from the very beginning. Khalil Herbert should have, you know, maintained his role as the secondary kind of change of pace back. Because let's not forget the number one knock on Khalil Herbert was that he was poor in pass protection, right? So you allow the the veteran Dante Foreman to get in there. He's your workhorse. You lean on him. You let Justin Fields complete his third and shorts. And then, in the event that Deontay Foreman gets injured, right, because now he's carrying the load, similar to that of Khalil Herbert, who got hurt for carrying the load, now you bring in Roshan Johnson. You've allowed him to kind of learn under Deontay Foreman. Now, and we already know, now we do, what kind of runner Roshan is. Imagine him coming in week four, fresh, crushing opposing teams' defenses, their safeties don't want to tackle him, like that kind of stuff. And, and then he softens them up for Khalil to kind of continue to do, do his thing. Like that to me would have been 
the ideal situation. But again, I don't talk to these guys. I don't know what they're thinking in their head. You know, it's a crazy thing that I like just thought about now. Remember when Grody was reporting in August nearing the regular season that Deontay Foreman was a potential cut candidate? Yeah. yeah. That blew that blew my mind. Yeah, I mean, none of us could really believe it. We we're like, what are you talking about? But again, you, there's a lot of faith that is put into their own draft picks. And I get it, right? Like, we can't fault GMs and coaches for letting Velas stay on the team and stick around, right? Like, think about it. If you picked something or hired someone, if you were a boss, right, you're like, oh, it's like me, right? If I'm like, okay, I'm hiring producers, right? There's four producers here that I could choose from. But I say, you know what? No, no, no. I'm going to bring this guy in. And he sucks, right? Like, he sucks, but I, I brought him in because I think he's a good guy. Me, the, Gabe. I'm the I'm the GM of this, whatever it is. And then everybody's like, dude, you got to get rid of that guy. He sucks. And I'm like, wait, yeah, but I imagine I brought him in. He's a good dude. I'm gonna I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt. You know, maybe he just he he never used this board before. He's never ran the show before. He was an assistant coach. He wasn't the full. T- you know what I'm saying? And then the next year, and you're like, oh, you got to get rid of him, Gabe. The culture is good. The culture is good. Yeah, he he gives me a good vibe. He messes up a lot, but damn, you know, he he, he dropped the ball a couple. But what I'm trying to the point I'm trying to make is right. From there's a human nature or human aspect to this, and is that sometimes you. When you make a decision on some things, you you want to give it the benefit of the doubt. You want to let it run its course before you move on or do something like that. And and we've seen that happen with this regime with draft picks and coaches and players that they've signed, right? We've seen it happen, and, and that's okay because it's not something that they have to be married to and do forever, but it's something that, you know, we've seen a trend. And it'll be interesting to see. Again, we're going to have another offseason, another draft. We get to see the rest of the season, which is going to be fun. And we get to see how this thing plays out. But in the present, we get to definitely assess the management and most certainly the coaching staff. And that's who we get to hear from, <clears throat> excuse me, right now. <laughs> I got a cough right there, Louise. So uh, Coach Eberflus addressed the media following the loss to the New Orleans Saints. And there's some interesting takeaways that I want to talk about afterwards, but take a listen. Okay, good evening. Um, uh, just an update on Kari Blasting Game. He's in concussion protocol, um, so we'll see um, where that goes for this week. But obviously it's going to be tough to get back there for him. We just hope he's okay and hope he's doing fine um, with that. Uh, overall for the game, I thought we, uh, we took the ball. Uh, decided to take the ball uh, with the coin toss there, and uh, guys did a really good job of uh, taking the ball on the field. I thought that was the first 15 was really good, and uh, you know obviously we uh, scored a touchdown there. That was excellent. Uh, got a got a four and out um, on defense, you know, and then we had that one interception from there. And really in the first half, I thought uh, you know our offense did a good job operating. Uh, we got some good yards uh, in there from a bunch of different ways. Uh, running the football was a big goal for us uh, today, and I thought we accomplished that goal. Um, stopping the run was also a big goal for us, and I thought we did that as well. Um, when you look at the uh, you know, the third downs in the first half for the defense, it wasn't good, right? We were five of six, um, didn't do a good enough job on that, but we came back in the second half and they ended up, you know, seven to 14, but we did a good job uh, with that, you know, adjusting. Um, and the players did a good job of executing to give our chance, ourselves a chance to win. 
um, in that in that uh, situation there. Um, with uh, you know, really the story of the day, right, is just the takeaways. You know, uh, you can't. It's hard to win. You know, the league's uh, pretty even. You know, um, in most spots, and it's hard to win uh, when you have minus five. And uh, again, that's a, that's a whole team thing, right? It's us protecting it, us protecting the quarterback, um, us getting on defense, and us doing a better job there, uh, taking the ball away on D. So again, that's re really where the story was. Again, I, I uh, love the fight of the guys uh, at the end there. Defense gave us a chance at the very end with those stops that we had and with the missed field goal that they had. But uh, uh, with that open, the questions. Matt, Tyson Bajan's day, it looked like things were going very well for him through three quarters and then a lot of problems at the end, turnovers, not a lot of completions. What happened to him in the fourth quarter? Yeah, just, you know, I'm going to have to look uh, look at it. And what I saw out there was, you know, they, they play man coverage, right? That's what they do. They're tight coverage there. And uh, we were throwing it into tight windows. And we got to do a good job with our, with our decision-making and accuracy. And that's where it is. And, again, I'll look at the tape to see exactly what they were doing. Um, but, uh, again, that's the, the first number one job of a quarterback is to protect the ball. Do you feel like you guys were getting a lot of opportunities at the end to win? Like it was yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we made stops up. We made stops on downs on defense. We had, we had time. We still had time. We still had time, and the guys were fighting and battling. And, uh, you know, because of that, we, we made it a game at the end. And uh, so I really believe that uh, we had a chance at the end there. What was the biggest difference with the defense in the second half? They gave a couple touchdowns in the first half, no touchdowns in the second half. Yeah, it's just the third downs. Yeah. The reason they kept those drives, we were playing the run great. We were tackling good. Uh, we were doing all those things well. And, uh, you know, during that first half, the only thing that they had on the plus side was the third downs. You know, like I said, five or six, and I believe two of them were in the red zone. Um, you know, so uh, that's where we need to get corrected, and we made the adjustment, and they did a nice job. Matt, are you guys optimistic about Justin after seeing him throw Friday? Yeah, he's day to day. Uh, we'll find out more tomorrow, uh, and we'll see where it is because uh, you know we just he started throwing, which is a positive, and we'll see where it is in terms of his functionality. Are you hoping that he could be back Thursday? We'll see where it is. We'll see. Uh, how was the week at large? How do you think you and the team handled that? There was a lot going on. You had trades. You had. Yep. Yeah, I would say really good. Um, obviously, if we would have won the game, it would have been great. It's not great because we lost. Uh, but uh, our guys hung together. They always do. Um, they practice well. Um, they came out ready to play uh, today. And again, if we get the ball right, we, we would be right today. So that's, uh, that's where it is. Um, but uh, guys were physical. They finished every play. Um, and they, uh, they played our style which is the style we want to play. Uh, Tyreek Stevenson left with an injury. What's the latest on that? Yeah, we'll see where he is. Uh, I know it was a lower leg uh, injury. We'll see where he is uh, uh, tomorrow. What was the key to the running game? Doing well um, early in the game, especially the first half, and then there were adjustments that they made because it didn't seem like as many big holes as there were earlier. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, Again, they shift the front a little bit here and there, you know, to overload that one side that we were running to the whole time. And uh, that's, again, my hat's off to them. They made the adjustment, and it wasn't as effective um, as it was. But, uh, but again, uh, I thought we did a really good job overall during the course of the day of running the football. They don't talk much about Bajan's ability to run with the ball, but it seemed like he really took advantage of things out there to get 70-yard run. Yeah, he had some really nice plays, you know. Uh, it wasn't just the QB scrambles. You know, there was uh, – uh, a disconnect from a from the runner a couple of times, you know, where he kept the ball on those, and uh, that was cool to see him in, on the edge there. And you know, it's also the, the keepers, you know, he had some waggles and boots where he got on the edge and had a chance to either run pass option, and he did a good job with that. What was the 
was the plan for Sweat today? Yeah, just play him um, on the third downs, play him on the t- in the two minute, and and again, my hats off to the defense. Really did a really nice job at the end of half, uh, two minute uh, during that s- situation. Um, you know, they still had some time. They still had some timeouts, and our guys did a really good job with that. But uh, for the most part, play him third down, two minute, and we we're going to roll him in first and second down. So it was a, it was a good plan. How do you look? Good. Look good. I thought he had a couple good pressures um, there. He's getting his feet wet, you know, um, different different style of defense, you know, a little bit different terminology, you know. So for uh, for him to come in here and, and play that many plays, it was cool. What was the significance for you guys to get that deal done yesterday, to get it done, not, not exactly right away, but before you even play the game, now it's finished? Yeah, I mean, it's extremely important. You know, Ryan and his staff did an awesome job working through that and getting that done in a timely fashion. And uh, we're all excited. You know, when you add a pass rusher, you know, to your defense and to our franchise, uh, that's that's a big deal for us going into the future. You and Ryan both talked this week about how healthy you thought you were closer than people thought. In what ways are, are you? In what ways aren't you? Well, I mean, this would just this would be evidence that we are very close, you know, because you know, being minus five, you know, in the turnover margin and keeping it that close, uh, the the ability for our, us to show our style, you know, our style is to run the football, stop the run, be physical, um, and just we just got to get the ball right. What do you what do you make of Tyson's experience here now? If, if Justin's back next week, this is it for Tyson for now. Three starts, ups and downs. Yeah, I mean, you know, in terms of his operation, okay, and knowing, you know, the offense and operating the huddle in and out of the huddle for a guy to come in there, um, you know, as a rookie like that, um, was was pretty impressive when you think about it, you know. And uh, I think he's he's had really good moments um, in that, you know, the the starts that he's had. And uh, again, he's going to build off of that. You know, he's got to learn. The most important thing Tyson can do now, because the, the performance is over, you know, is to learn from his performance and to get better. You know, and to partner up with the coaches, with the offensive coordinator, with myself, and look at those plays where he needs to improve, and also look at the good plays. There is a lot of good plays out there that he had, you know, in the first half, third quarter, um, today, and uh, he's got to build off of both those things. Yeah, yeah, we always do think we have a chance. Um, you know, we just got needed one takeaway on defense to give ourselves a short field and put ourselves in scoring position, you know, or a kick, or a punt return or a kick return, or whatever that might be, to really flip the field. Um, because of the turnovers, they were playing on the midfield most of the day, and uh, that happens sometimes. And that's called sudden change. And our defense did a great job of rising up to the occasion. Um, on most of those occasions, um, during the course of the day, getting a three and out, making them punt, um, you know, get, stopping them on downs and, and doing that. And that's This gives our, ch- our team a chance. What do you make of the offensive line penalties today? I think everybody but Tevin had their false start or hold. Yeah, you go back and look at those. Um, you know, obviously the false starts are the false starts. You know, we got to clean those up. But the holdings, you got to look at them. You know, sometimes that happens when you extend plays um, on the perimeter. You know, when you're extending plays as a quarterback, that happens sometimes. Uh, but again, I'll go look at them. You know, I'll, I'll look and evaluate all those penalties and see what see what we think. Yeah, it was a face mask. He grabbed it. That was it. Was uh, it was face mask? When you have penalties, kind of a really like that, is that a learning lesson or? Yeah, you just can't. You just can't do that. You know, we're we're pro football players and. Coaches, we know that you can't grab the face mask. We got to be better than that. On the Tyson Bajan scramble in the first half, that they marked it short and only challenged.
Yeah, so up, upstairs, you know, Harry's upstairs, and uh, we're always looking at it. And uh, we thought, I thought that it was spot, spotted short to begin with. So we looked at it on replay, and then you know, we had enough time. And, and uh, again, it was, it was early, so we just threw it. And uh, we had a good look at it, and uh, it was overturned. It was good by the league. You guys have your quarterback depth chart the way it is for a reason. Justin's your starter for a reason ahead of Tyson. What does Justin bring to you guys when he comes back that you don't have right now? Um, I would just say the experience factor, you know, him, him playing all those games, uh, certainly the experience factor. And, you know, he's uh, operated in this offense, you know, and he's had some good weeks, you know, prior to this, the Washington game. You know, he's had some good games this week, this year. You know, so we're excited to get him back when he comes back. And uh, certainly the dimension of also the, the disconnection running the ball. You know, he likes, you know, he can obviously run the ball and the, the quarterback runs are, are viable there too. And, uh, you know, the perimeter is getting under attack more. Uh, so that's what he brings. Interesting stuff right there from Coach Eberflus. A lot of takeaways for me. And, uh, man, let's just start at the very end where he says, this was a great question, by the way, where he said, what are you getting from Justin Fields that you aren't getting right now? And he said the experience factor. Coach Eberflus could have gone in, in several different ways right there, but he settled in on the experience, not the arm, not the arm strength, not the just – Experience factor. I don't know. I feel like there's the easy way out. What else could he have said about Justin Fields, right? Like that's the easiest thing to say. Where you could have complimented him, complimented him in uh, several other ways. He chose to lean on that. Interesting. Uh, he did mention Tyreek Stevenson having the lower leg injury, which we saw him on the sidelines holding his helmet. Tough when you get a young, right, a young player coming in. We saw it last year with Kyler Gordon. This year now it's with Tyreek Stevenson. These guys are physical, as Coach Eberflus is pointing out. They do run to the football. And when that happens, unfortunately, you're going to sustain a few injuries. Uh, and on the defensive side of the ball, Bears have had a lot of that, whether it be Eddie Jackson, Jaquan Brisker, uh, Jalen Johnson for a couple of games, now Tyreek Stevenson, uh, Tremaine Edmonds missing a game today uh, with a lower leg injury as well. So Bears suffering through some stuff. But, you know, he also mentioned the Montez Sweat situation and just adding a, a force on the defensive line. And he mentioned for the future. And I enjoyed hearing that because he understands, hey, he's going to have a long time here despite what a lot of people think. All right, uh, let's take a break. Um, and on the other side, Listen, we can we can we know the Bears lost. Like I said, it's still entertaining. So there's still moments, right, that we should highlight. And for me, I have the good, the bad, the ugly. Something good from the game, something bad from the game, and then something extremely ugly. But I want you to be able to do the same. You saw the game, or at least you watched it back. You've seen some highlights. What was something that was good for you? What was something that was bad for you? Or maybe the ugliest play of the game that you saw that you felt like ruined everything for you. 312-644-6767. I'm going to take your phone calls, then give you mine on the other side. It's Gabe Ramirez here on a Plumbers 911 Football Monday on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score. 
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We're back live with more Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. And you're listening to a Plumbers 911 Football Monday presented by Busey Bank. And it's not a game, Illinois.com. What a day we have for you here on 670 The Score. Dustin Rhodes leading you off with the uh, pregame show for Mully and Hall that starts at 5 o'clock. And then Olin Krutz hangs out at 7 a.m. Olin Krutz gives us some of the best insight. Uh, he'll be here at 7. DJ Moore, Chicago Bears wide receiver. We'll join the show at 8 a.m. And then Dan Weederer will be the last guest from Mullion Hall. That happens at 8.40. Bernstein and Holmes, don't worry. It continues. Anthony Heron at 11. Josh Schrock at 12. And then Parkinson Spiegel. Kurt Warner, 2.40 p.m. He'll be jumping on with the guys. Mark Grody will join at 4. And then Jalen Johnson, star cornerback for the Chicago Bears, will hang out with the fellas at 5 p.m. on your ride home. Make sure you're listening to that. Uh, I mean, geez, Jalen Johnson and DJ Moore, it's like, it's got to be crazy up here. It's, things are going crazy. I, look, we're taking your calls. <clears throat> excuse me. We're taking your calls. Bears lose to the Saints 24 uh, 17. Talking about the good, talking about the bad, and talking about some of the ugly moments from the game that, that really stood out to you. I have my three over here, I'll get to in a second. Uh, but let's go to the phone lines. 312-644-6767. Let's go to Tim out in Florida listening on the Odyssey app. Got to love that, Tim. What's going on, man? Welcome to the show. Good morning. Good morning. How are you, brother? 
Doing good. Talk to me about this Bears game. What did you think? Uh, I think, you know, we're, we're a work in progress for sure. I like Jack Sanborn. I think he's doing a heck of a job, and I think he needs to be in on more snaps. And Edwards is good, but Sanborn has something special. I think he's a, a mini Erlacher just starting to show. You mean like you think? a mini Erlacher? That's, that's, that's tough. Listen, I, I agree Jack Sanborn does a phenomenal job of being by the ball, right? When you're looking at yep. those plays – Far too often in the last couple of years, Tim, we've seen this Bears defense operate where you haven't said anyone's name, right? You have right. a bunch of unknowns. Right. No one that's making a play where you're saying, wow, you know, where the announcers are saying their name for making a stop. You've seen a little bit of that this year with Andrew Billings uh, making plays up the middle. You've seen, uh, you know, obviously Yannick Ngakwe uh, having his, his couple of sacks. But but Jack Sanborn is a guy that's for some reason, right, Tim, for some reason he always he finds his way around the ball. He's a ball hawk. He finds the ball. He gets to it. You hear his name called, and I guarantee if Edwards was there yesterday, we wouldn't have heard his name called as many times. No, don't say that. Edwards is Edwards. Edwards. T.J. Edwards is definitely a guy that can that can uh, you know he's holding his own. But obviously, remember T.J. Edwards and Jack Sanborn both went to Wisconsin. They played at the same time. Let's not forget that, right? So, uh, but but Jack Sanborn. He's just an under well, what some would say would be like a slower dude, where he's like six two, two thirty four, but he's a he's a baller. You know, I talked to Corey Wooden, my guy. We do the Bears uh, post game on Sundays on Fox thirty two together, and he said the exact same thing about Jack Sanborn. He's like, what he has is that he's just a gamer, right? He's an actual football player, and that's what he does well. And if you look at you know what he's done for this team, you know this last game against the Saints, seven tackles. Seven solo tackles. One tackle for a loss. The game against the Chargers, seven solo tackles. I mean, that's impressive. He has three tackles for a loss on the season. He has that one interception that he got in Kansas City, even though it was against the backup quarterback. But, hey, the stat line says Kansas City, and nobody knows. Nobody knows the difference. But, the but I mean, Sanborn obviously is there, but but let's be very clear. They gave money to TJ Edwards and Tremaine Edmonds for a reason. Because they felt as though they needed upgrades at those two positions. So Sanborn being a great addition, someone that you can carry along the roster, but you know, it wasn't just it wasn't just Eberflus that made that decision. It was Ryan Poles. It was, I'm sure, a team of people that 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 made that decision. So although we we find Jack Sanborn to be a, a tremendous athlete. I mean, but it's hard to make an argument against that, right? Because, like, he really is a guy that that is is everywhere you want him to be. Now, obviously, I'm not – maybe he's missing some assignments we're not knowing about, or maybe he can't make a difference. You know, he's not tall enough being only 6'2". Tremaine Edmonds is 6'7". Feels like 6'7". Tremaine Edmonds? You didn't know that? No, I didn't. Oh he's 6'7"? He's a monster. I seriously see. didn't know he was that tall. Well, I'll tell you right now. Maybe not 6'5". That's tall for a linebacker. Six five though, I knew he was wow. really tall. Six five two fifty. No, you are right about Sanborn though. He makes way more impact plays than the other linebackers that like pop out to you. But 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 look at but look at uh look at TJ Edwards' game log. Total tackles against the Saints, fifteen. Wow, thirteen against the Chargers. 
in those last two games, same last two games, against the Saints, one tackle for a loss, just like Jack Samworth. Against the Chargers, two. Two tackles for a loss. So, I mean, you know, he puts in work. You can't hate on T.J. Edwards. He's definitely everywhere where he needs to be. And and that's a lot of tackles. You can't, like, hate. You know what I'm saying? So, Samborn, though, it, it does stand out. It's the tackles for – you know what it is that Samborn does exceptionally well, and this is, for me, what stands out? His ability to tackle in the open field. Very rarely do you see someone get past him. If you're within reach, Jack Samborn wrestles you to the ground. And that's something that we noticed. It seems He seems powerful and dominant. One more thing about TJ Edwards, too. Mm-hmm. He is second in the NFL in tackles with 100, just two behind Zaire Franklin yeah. on the Indianapolis Colts. And that's with, let's not forget, that's with the Bears' de- rushing defense prior to this game. Even though they did a good job stopping the run uh, in this game. But prior to this game, they were, they were uh, allowing 78 yards a game rushing. Mm. The Bears' defense. That's good. What do you mean? Oh, yeah. It actually, yeah. 78? That's, that's great. They're third in the NFL in, in rushing yards allowed per game. Most tackles for loss, too, in the run game. And that's what I'm saying. Correct? So think about that where you have a TJ Edwards who's top five in the league in tackles, and you have a run game that's stuff. You know what I mean? The, the, the run game stuffing. So you're up, you, you assume that's up front stuffing, the front four. But you got TJ Edwards still contributing to that. All I'm saying is linebackers are doing their job. Bears always find a way to get good linebackers. Bears going Bears. Always. Uh, and Bears are most certainly going to Bears in the form of the good, the bad, the ugly. And that's what I was asking you guys to call in about. Like, things that you thought were good, things that you thought were bad, things that you thought were absolutely ugly from this game. And there's quite a few. So I have I have my three. My good, my bad, my ugly. But feel free to call in. 312-644-6767. Let's go ahead and start with the good. Chicago in the red zone, where they are tied for fourth this year in touchdown percentage. Bajan looking deep for Cole Komet. Oh, what a catch! Komet goes up to get it, and it's a touchdown for the Bears! I mean, how good is this start for Tyson Bajan coming out in the dome down here? It's rocking, and he comes back, and it is absolutely gloved. And, give, and gives his man a chance, gives Cole Komet a chance on the throwback. What a- this was an ill-advised throw. What an unbelievable catch by Colt the Met. And he, and he cups it, too. No movement when he hits the ground, tucked up against his shoulder. Wow. The first of two touchdowns for Colt Komet. Six catches, 55 yards on the day, two touchdowns, targeted eight times after having no catches in the first game against, or excuse me, against Las Vegas, which is wild. But that has to be the good. Absolute dime by Tyson Bajan for that first touchdown. Threw it up there. Cole Komet couldn't even believe that he pulled it down. But it was good to see him. Cole, Cole Komet seems to do that, right? Finds touchdown in, touchdowns in bunches. He mossed the honey badger. And he ended up, yeah, he mossed it. And then he ended up, you know, being that guy for the Bears today. So that's your good, right? When you're looking at what good came out of this, you could have said Dante Foreman, 20 uh, uh, rushing attempts for 83 yards. He had that big scamper for 22 that he got upset at himself that he didn't take to the house. I know he wanted to do that. Um, you know, Darnell Mooney getting loose. Uh, uh, biggest uh, output since October of last year. So I know it felt good to get over that marker for him as well. So a couple of good things there, but most certainly 
Cole Komet, you know, being that guy, someone for Tyson Bajan, uh, when he wasn't initially. Uh, and it's and if it was good, I'm sure, for Tyson Bajan to get a completion that was, you know, pretty long out there. Harvard Tunyon got an 11-yarder. Darrington Evans, Darrington Evans, 17. That was on the screen. DJ Moore, 18 yards. These are the longest catches for each respective uh, receiver here. Cole Komet with the 18-yarder as well that for that touchdown. And then Darnell Mooney had that long 38-yarder. Uh, down the sidelines, so that was great as well. So, that, so some some good, and there's a lot, a lot of other things you could point out um, for this team for the game. I mean, Tyler, the producer, says that that Tyson Bajan had like a Steve Young type first half, and then you know he sh- second half he just doesn't know what happened outside of the intercep- the 17 interceptions. You know, he felt like Tyson Bajan had a phenomenal game, so that was some good for him. But then comes the bad. And there's a lot of bad to choose from in this game, right? Like I mentioned, Tyson Bajan, ton of, ton of turnovers. There were some moments where you just would shook your head and you, you wish you weren't watching the game. But this one in particular stood out because it's like it wasn't Tyson Bajan related. A 40-yard attempt for Cairo Santos. And Santos... His first missed field goal of the season. He had been 11 for 11 and had made 14 in a row going back to last year. A rare miss by Santos. Now, the reason why that one hurt so much and why it was so bad for me is because the Bears had just gone on a 13-play, 53-yard, five-minute in 37-second, first-half-ending drive. That Momentum was shifter. Bad enough that the Bears couldn't put seven on the board after they showed that graphic that they'd scored seven times in a row when they've made it into the red zone. You, 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 you think you're going to do something, and at the very least, you say, okay, you get to go into half with the lead, feeling good about yourself, and then you missed the field goal. It's just, that was the bad. Because it made you feel like, can nothing go right for my team? Can, can we not even just go into the half with a lead? Fine. Blow the lead in the fourth quarter. Fine. Throw the interception late. I know it's going to happen. But Mr. Automatic, Cairo Santos, the one mainstay, the one consistent thing for this Bears team, Misses the field goal. That's when it got bad. And then it just, you knew it was just a matter of time. Because let's not forget, to start the second quarter, or excuse me, yeah, to start the second or second half, Bears fumble out the gate. So it just, it just crumbled. It just crumbled off after that. But then it got ugly. Then things did get ugly because there were multiple opportunities for the Bears to tie this game. I I, I want to, if, if you just saw the, if you're just seeing the box score, if you're just tuning into 670 because you, you got off work or you're headed to work and you just woke up, something of the sort, Bears had plenty of opportunities to try to tie this game up. Tyson in trouble. And the ball comes out. Bajan fumbles. It's still loose. Werner scoops it up. 
Evans. And the fifth for the Chicago Bears. And this is the first time where the pressure gets to him. Tyson Bajan is just waiting, waiting, waiting for someone to make a move and win. And he gets knocked down from behind. Demario Davis, yeah. a name we haven't called much today, but a guy who's been a staple for this New Orleans Saints defense for a long time comes up with a clutch play right when the Saints need it. Unbelievable. Unbelievable, again, because the Bears just had so many opportunities to tie the whole thing up. I mean, they tie it up at 17 with a field goal late in third. Saints end up punting after that. Bears defense does a great job. Bears get the ball back, and they go three and out. That's your first opportunity, to take the lead or to put some pressure. After going three and out, Saints end up getting the touchdown on the board, taking the, taking the lead there uh, in the third, and then what happens next? Like I mentioned, it just seemed to just crumble after that, not getting that, or when the field goal was missed. After the Saints score interception, they go, they go for it, turnover on downs. Bears get the ball back, another interception. Bears defense does well. Think about that. Three and out, turnover on downs, another three and out, field goal miss. Defense playing their little hearts out. And Bears, interception, interception, three and out, fumble that I just played for you right there. So that's when it just got ugly. Where you... you, you, you you literally thought it couldn't get any worse for the Chicago Bears. Fumble play. Have an opportunity. Missed field goal? Missed field goal? And you're saying, no way Tyson Bajan is going to heaven. People think he's a saint. He is about to come down and tie this game up. And no one's going to care about what happened in this game. I couldn't believe it. It's like, no way. No way Tyson Bajan... The, the legend of Tyson Bajan is going to continue right here. And then he fumbles. Or and then he gets sacked. Gets crushed. It got ugly. It got ugly quickly in this one. And I wonder, again, I wonder what you guys are thinking in terms of, of this as well with this game. Like, what is your, what, what, I mean, I guess I just, when you're saying it all, there's so many moments that you feel like it got away from the Bears. Like, where where do you think it got away from the Bears? You can't say the field goal because that just means you lack composure. It means you're, dare I say, your coaching wasn't good enough? No, that's too harsh. But the phone lines are open, man. 312-644-6767. It's Gabe Ramirez right here on a Plumbers 911 Football Monday. Taking your phone calls, your thoughts on the Bears game. Bears lose to the Saints 24-17. Tyson Bajan 18 for 30 on the day. Uh... I do think Justin Fields would have won this one. I think had he been in this game, had he played, Justin Fields most certainly would have won this game. He would not have had this, the second half collapse or fourth quarter collapse. Yeah, the Tyson Bajan had. I mean, it's just unacceptable. Do you think that the Saints defense is the toughest the Bears will face all year? I have to go into the scud. No, all year? Um. I mean, that Minnesota defense is pretty crazy. They, they were blitz they, like they blitz like crazy. So, I mean, so far this season, I would say the Saints defense, yes, would be the best. Probably okay. So, like on paper wise, New Orleans toughest, but matchup wise, 
Minnesota. Yeah, just because Minnesota doesn't care. They're like when you're playing Madden and you know you just do an all-out blitz because you're just upset. Yeah, like, bro, I don't care, bro. And 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 then you play safety. Like you let Ooh. everyone blitz and you play safety because you wait for that and you try to get some sort of interception. That's what Minnesota plays like every down. They are the all-out blitz. And the Bears couldn't adjust to it. <laughs> the Bears just couldn't. They they got to him way too fast. So the Bears have faced some de- decent defenses. Let's not forget, when they went up against Green Bay, Green Bay still had a good defense last year. Tampa, they were a healthy defense at the time, and they were a really good defense. Kansas City, they just got Chris Jones back at the time, so they were at full strength. Denver was trying to play for their life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and Washington, clearly, as everyone noticed, they their defenders were simply playing for a contract and trying to get sacks. And so, yeah, I mean, so you really haven't faced this. Is, listen, this is why most people thought the Bears were going to win a lot of games. Because the schedule isn't difficult. Right. If you now looking at the landscape of the NFL, you face the Green Bay. We know what they are. You face Tampa Bay. We know what they are. They're showing what they are now. Yeah. So Kansas City. Denver, we know what they are. Washington. Washington, we know what they are. Minnesota is probably like, you know, one of your better teams. But the Raiders, we know who they are. And the Chargers are going to beat you because they're just better offensively. And the Saints are like probably the equivalent of the Bears. Middle of the road, yeah. If if they had Justin Fields. Right? Wouldn't you say that the two teams there would be on similar paths? The Saints would be so much better with Justin Fields. Yeah, Derek. Derek Carr is extremely mediocre. As is Justin Fields. That's why I said they'd be the same teams. You don't think he'd elevate? Well, here's an interesting point here again when you're talking about Justin Fields and Joshua Dobbs. I don't know if you've ever answered this. How do you think, if, if they're doppelgangers, how do you think Joshua Dobbs' production on the Bears would be compared to Justin Fields since you think they're extremely similar? Yeah, I think it would be, I think he'd be a better Bajan. Right, he'd be a better Bajan. Let's not forget. I, I pointed out they have similar rushing yards as well, Joshua Dobbs and Justin Fields. So he'd run similarly because they have damn near the exact same amount of rushing yards up to this year, and he's probably more of a Tyson Bajan passer, but he's just not as good as Justin Fields is as an all-around quarterback right where Justin Fields can probably run a little bit better right he's he's more Tyson Bajan but he still has you know he's still going to throw an interception he's still going to make a bad decision so like I said they're still the same it's just different like they're just they're the same the productivity is going to be the same I I told it's the same but it's different I totally get what you're saying yeah yeah. so but it's you know it sucks it sucks to be them in this predicament because the Bears have a lot of football to play. Carolina, Detroit, Minnesota. That's your next three before the bye week. Yeah, thanks. Monday after Thanksgiving, we get to see Doppelganger against Doppelganger. Fields against Dobbs. Then you circle back Detroit, Cleveland, Arizona, Atlanta, Green Bay. Like the Bears could theoretically get six, seven wins this season. Like the last three games of the season, Arizona's not trying to win. No. Ky- Kyler Murray's going to be there, but you know, 
Atlanta, who knows what they're going to be doing at that point with Taylor Heineke there, or is Desmond Ritter going to be given the reins again because they don't like their experiment? And then the last game of the season against Green Bay, I mean... You're playing for pride at that point. So you could win those last three games. You could. Two of the three for sure. And then before that, the Cleveland... you're. You're not beating Cleveland. Oh, Detroit. that defense is unbelievable. Yeah, those, those that, that stretch of games is going to be tough. But again, if you can sneak one win, if Justin Fields specifically can sneak one win away from Detroit, one out of the two, it'll give him some leverage in the which in the whether or not he should be playing next year. Which, by the way, I have been very clear that Justin Fields is going to be the starting quarterback of the Bears next year. I've been thinking about that a lot, Week too. Week one, Justin Fields is going to be on the center. There's no doubt about it because there's, you know, it, there's no, like, you've evaluated him, but from a business standpoint, which is how all these teams operate, right, if you're not going to be in Super Bowl contention, it just makes the most sense. You have him, you have him under control for another year. Even if you bring in another quarterback, it's you're, and you have Eberflus there as well. Eberflus has now drafted his future quarterback while understanding that, his, the current is on its way out, and now he can nurture him, show him the way they're doing Bajan and all that good stuff, but with, an, with a top-tier quarterback that could change the franchise. But all that happening while Justin Fields is there. And what is Ryan Poles not afraid to do, which we've seen his first two years under the job, on the job? <clears throat> Excuse me. Trade at the trade deadline. He is not afraid to make these phone calls. So if Justin Fields is under center week one, that does not mean he'll be there by the end of the season. Somebody will want Justin Fields the same way that Minnesota came calling for Joshua Dobbs. The same way teams are looking for, you know, the Jets were calling around with their quarterback situation. Well, certainly next year, somebody's going to need a Justin Fields and they'll be able to give up some draft capital as a result of it. All right, it's Gabe Ramirez. Here on the Plumbers 911 Football Monday, taking your phone calls. What are you thinking about this Bears team, this Bears game that you just saw? Am I crazy for thinking Justin Fields and Joshua Dobbs are the same? Do you disagree with me? I would love to hear it. 312-644-6767. We'll take your phone calls next. It's Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 